right. It's almost the weekend. We're back. It uh, is almost the weekend. <laughs> I am Joe Sawfoot Tool coming to you live. <laughs> <laughs> Not live at all. Pre-recorded, in fact. <laughs> Pre-recorded. You're live for me, though. Yes. I mean, to you live. <laughs> it's a very personal introduction. Yeah. Oh, dude. So, apart from your sore foot, how's, uh, how's stuff? Uh, oh, well, I'm joined by Darian, of course. Um, oh, yeah, of course. That's who I am. Sorry. I yes, totally yes. forgot to introduce myself. Do you have a, a, a supplementive to go with your name? Uh, uh, Godskin Apostle Darian. Godskin that's... Apostle. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that the two words next to each other, God skin, were so gross. Yeah, it's pretty gross. And yeah. I mean, like, the God skin enemies in Elden Ring are kind of gross. Like, yeah, they are. The The fat one is is yeah. pretty disgusting to look at, yeah. really. He, like, in, inflates or whatever in his second phase. It's real gross. Yeah, there's something body horror-y about instant bloating of oh yeah human forms i'm not the, i'm yeah. not across it i don't like it <laughs> there's a there's a video I, I can't remember where i saw it but there's this video of this dude playing the trumpet and um his neck inflates when he blows into the trumpet in a really weird way oh, oh no. um, and i was reminded of that guy from the godskin duo <laughs> anyway it was it was t minus like seven seconds before we started talking about elden ring in this podcast so i think that's some on some bingo card somewhere someone's just won something <laughs> uh, yeah look we're just we're, we're counting down the weeks until we, yeah. we spoil it all how um yeah how far along are you by the way oh i've played none I've, i'm not i haven't played it at all Aim's dead to me no i, I do want to play more today i've got the house to myself and um oh cool i'm almost done with freelance so i'm going to chuck a couple of freelance hours in after this and then mm -hmm. i'm gonna uh, chuck a couple elden elden ring filthy gamer boy hours in hell yeah and um see how that goes nice uh, have you been playing anything this week um yeah i've been i've been back into disco elysium and, oh, fuck yeah. oh my god i just love everything about that game yeah um hell yeah. except except the controls the port is terrible to oh, Nintendo no. Switch. It's oh like... yeah, of course. What the fuck? Oh my god. For some reason, I thought you were on the Mac. No, no. It's it's much more annoying for me to like try and play a game on a computer because you've got to sit up and like use a mouse yeah. or keyboard. Like it's it's a lot easier for me to to use like play on the Switch or or any console really. Um, Bro, what about? Do you have a clear white roof? A clear? No. It is oh. it is a very patterned wooden roof with uh, lame lots of blemishes <laughs> yeah yeah i was gonna say you could get one of those they're like a hundred bucks you just get a projector and you shoot it at the ceiling and then plug whatever you want into it oh that's a great idea yeah no unfortunately that is that is not not an option right now um yeah, yeah. but but look but tell me more despite despite the the poor controls and the laggy port and all that crap i still love it like it's just it's so fascinating like everything yeah. in that world every character all the politics the yeah. the world itself is insane like i've just got to this this part where i'm you know because poor harry is just amnesiaed as hell he doesn't he doesn't know what's going on he doesn't know who he is where he lives uh -huh. if he even lives anywhere yeah um and so 
with that context, you ask people about the world and the world is so interesting. Like, it's just yeah. so creative. Um, How, um, I, I never finished it, but I have a feeling you probably aren't as far as me. Um, maybe not, though. Where, what have you just done? Uh, I've just taken the, the body down from the tree. Ah, uh, nice, nice, nice. Yep. Cool. Yep. Um, and that, that was really fun um, because I saw, I saw Phoebe play up until this point. And yep. because I've gone a completely different route with my stats, it's been so different. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Yeah, like I don't know if you remember the big, the big strong man called Measurehead who like yes. stops you from progressing. Yeah, yes, she had she had to like buy into his fascist eugenics bullshit. Yeah. To, to get through, be able to like get through. Yeah, yeah, and I was able to fly kick him in the face. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like, uh, oh god, yeah, it's it's so it's so fun, man. It's yeah, just yeah, so good. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've been I've been playing that, and I uh, I started playing the Evil Within again. Oh, um, sick, dude! Oh my god, that's a Callback and a half to the, the Double Jaguar channel. Yeah, throwback. Yeah, huge um, throwback. I just, I, I usually like to have two games going. You know, one on a Switch where I can just pick it up and be playing mm. in like two seconds, and and one that's maybe a little bit more actiony that I can mm-hmm. play on the TV. And man, The Evil Within is so good. I mean, it's it's one of those games where I have a huge soft spot for it but it's it's not for everyone but the the beauty of the evil within is it is it shows you exactly what it is straight away yeah yeah yeah. like within five minutes you're running from a chainsaw swinging madman and the voice acting is atrocious (laughs) and the movement is really slow like yep. you, you walk at a snail's pace, and all the enemies are a lot faster. Yeah. Um, but the whole world is designed around your movement and the enemy's movement, and it's just—I love it. I'm, I'm having such a great time. Did you ever play the uh, Resident Evil games? Um, I actually haven't. I haven't played yeah. any of them. Um, wow. Like. I know about them, and for some reason, I've I've seen a lot of them. Maybe like way back oh. in the day, the Game Grumps played them or something like yep. that. Oh, and we played we Resident Evil play. Seven. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we played that together. Yeah, and that was really fun. I I really yep. liked that game. That game had some grotty moments in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever the Resident Evil series does first person, it always end up ends up real gross. <laughs> yeah. like real gross yeah in the third person they have like some kind of back, uh, off themes but when they go first person they're just like oh you know what this is <laughs> this is everything you've had nightmares about in your yeah ever. yeah um but yeah i love I, I love that game just for the fact we pretty much played it in one night like you, yeah you came over and we just played it for like 10 hours straight or something yeah yeah well i love that i really like those games for that reason you know like you can sit down with them and and really just like chonk through them it's mm. not like a um that, that's what i did with whatever the most recent one was that was also first person i, I sat down in like three or four sessions and just smashed it out oh cool yeah that one that one looks really interesting i've heard good things yeah that one has um oh look maybe we'll do an episode about the resident evil series at some stage but 
um yeah that that one has really weird pacing where like the first zone is like really rich and interesting and like fleshed out with the lady demetrescu big mummy milkers queen <laughs> <laughs> vampire lady uh-huh, uh-huh. is like the first one you've probably seen her on the internet oh right? definitely yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's like the only thing i know about that game yeah yeah exactly so it, that's the that's kind of the, for the most part the most interesting villain in the whole game and then you're done with her in the first like hour and a half two hours if you come oh quick. really interesting yeah and then it, there's just other the other villains who you meet at the start of the game as well that you face off against it's basically the same as seven you know there's like mm-hmm. the dad and the mom and the grandma and the sister and you fight them all mm. uh, it's a similar concept but a little bit different this time around right oh well that's that's good they're playing with it because like yeah i i loved the texas chainsaw massacre vibe of the um the the seventh one yeah yeah i agree uh, this one is a bit of a departure from that vibe it's more i don't know how to describe it mythical uh Ooh. fantasy even yeah okay yeah i mean that's that's really attractive and the the evil within is uh kind of similar i guess like mm. the the pacing is amazing the whole way through but it just doesn't let up on its originality and creativity i feel yeah. you often have no idea what's going to happen next and yeah and because the the game takes place literally in someone else's brain uh <laughs> there there are no rules like yeah it uh, just happens it just happens and it's it's just fun the whole way through yeah 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 i remember really enjoying that game we played through it for a little bit together and then you went and finished it on your own and yeah well i, I never finished it I remember like having a ball playing it with you and then like mm. something happened and we couldn't get together and I just yeah. wanted to play it so play bad. It. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's an alternative universe out there somewhere where we still have the YouTube channel pop and then we finished that game series and there's like a whole other, <laughs> you know, like oh my God. where we, where we, that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that I, I would love to play through it again. Yeah. Well, Check I'll, uh, timeless ones. I can, I can lend it to you when I'm done. I think, I think I've still got... I, I don't know. I'll have to see. I might have traded it. I, I'm, I mean, it's like $5 oh, yeah. <laughs> on, on just about any store. It's very yeah. cheap. I've, uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure <laughs> you don't need to load it to me. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you, though. <laughs> uh, uh, very good. What about you, dude? Have you been playing anything or has it just been freelance land? Um, no, I've been playing uh, Dead Cells, actually. Oh, yes. Tell me about yes. it. What do you think? Uh, so it's an incredible video game. Um, it's got a lot going for it. There's a lot of really cool things that it, that it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really like smitten with the systems and how they all interlink with one another. And, mm. um, I'm a little bit hazy on a couple of things. So there's this, the first thing is, um, you know how you have like your starter sword and shield or the uh, bow and shield that's uh-huh. waiting for you. Yeah. Does that ever change? Uh, yeah, so the w- way that game starts looks very different from, like, once you're maybe, I don't know, 20 or 30 hours in. So oh, yeah. you, you basically unlock... Um, uh, it's It's been such a long time ago since mm. I've unlocked that stuff that I can't remember exactly what it is, but you either do challenges or you get runes or... You do something and, and basically it 
um, changes the weapons that are available to you at the start. So oh, okay. as you unlock weapons and then unlock how good the weapons are, because like the weapons have their own scaling system. Um, like I'm, I'm at the point now and I've, I've been at that point for a very long time where when I start a run, um, I've got three weapons to choose from at the start and they can be literally any of the weapons in the game. Oh, right. Okay. Um, so it, it really, you know, it, it changes things up substantially between runs. Yeah, right. So I wasn't sure because I've been like unlocking weapons with like putting cells into them and then they mm -hmm. like appear in the jars or whatever. And I'm like, I, I don't know what these, I don't know how to get them down. Like I keep jumping at them. And oh, like, oh no, this is clearly not what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, no, the, the weapons in the jars are just like a visual representation of how many weapons you've yeah. got to find in the game. Yeah, right. That makes sense. But yeah, I, I, and then there's like a, I think I know the challenge place to go to right. make them appear but yeah i'm not 100 sure on that either um and then the other thing uh oh and th this was probably just more of a gripe that i had with it not like a question but like mm -hmm. i was playing last night and i had a really good um weapon and like the synergy was really cool like it was like a weapon that did like heaps more percent damage to anything that was frozen mm -hmm. and i had a really good freezing ability and like hell yeah when they died they like lit on fire and all sorts of stuff there was all like really cool things going on yeah and um and then I like found this chest and it was speaking to me and maybe the chest tells you, but I didn't stick around long enough to hear it. But it, it basically like cursed me so that I took one hit and, uh, and died. Yeah. Um, or I had to kill 10 enemies. And I was yeah. like, if I had known that before opening the chest, which didn't even really give me a worthy item, I wouldn't have opened the chest. And then I went and like, this is where the gripe is. It's not necessarily with that part, but it's with the, the hitboxes of some of the enemies. Oh, really? Yeah. I, some, some enemies... The one that killed me didn't have a wind-up and the hitbox wasn't apparent. I approached it from behind and I don't even know how it hit me. It mm. just, like, I just died. And I was like, this is shit. Like, I, <laughs> I didn't have any chance to, like, read the wind-up or, like, see right. any effects go off before I died. And I was like, okay, well, this, this is not a good moment in the game for me. Yeah, I mean, the curse chests are really, like, when, when you're trying to beat the final boss all those cursed ch chests end up being really useful not not yeah. for the weapon but because of the extra scroll um, right because throughout the run you might come across you know four or five cursed chests and like that four or five scrolls is a huge increase to your damage right um, yeah. and health um but <laughs> if if you're unfamiliar with like enemy move sets or anything like that getting opening those cursed chests were, will be really bad but yeah it, i was it, in a zone i hadn't been in before as well or like had been in for like a short period of time yeah yeah um yeah no that that's i mean it's once you know what's inside a cursed chest like you can make that decision a little bit um like it's a clearer decision for you later on but yeah. the first time you open one like you know the chest is just taunting you saying i'm a naughty I'm a naughty yeah, chest or whatever. Yeah, like hit me and I was trying to attack it. And I was like, this isn't, this is nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then once you open it, then like the game pauses and it says one hit and you're dead. Yeah. Um, I wish I had a chance to like not do that. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> it I mean, me <laughs> it, it's kind of like Dark Souls in that way. Like yeah. you have to interact with things to learn how they operate. 
it's yeah. it doesn't I just really... wish I, I just wish I wasn't having such a good run when that happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I was like this is good I'm gonna get further than I got last time I was like had good momentum I'd barely used any healing items like barely taken a hit at all and I was like oh I guess maybe it won't be that bad and then I came across that random enemy and I was like Oh, I guess I'm dead now. Like, <laughs> <it> sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but I'm not. I'm not done with it or anything. I just like thought that was such a, um, a really in in a game that like really wants you to play it. You know, like that game at every chance is just like play me. You know, like here's mm. a system to like help you out. Here's some some cool rules. Like, and if you read this thing, you'll learn more about this. And there's like, mm. like shout shout outs to other games and references and all sorts of stuff. It's like yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, it's a real gamer's game. Mm, um yeah um and that moment i was just like oh you just asked me to not play you like you just wanted me to put you down at this very moment this is, <laughs> this is the opposite of what you've been doing so far yeah yeah oh well let let me know if you if you get back in and and if you get around it because that's you know there are a couple of like end game mechanics that are really harsh yeah so, so yeah. like it's you know oh the, yeah the the beginner's introduction to that game is really good like they kind of get you addicted before yeah. they show you how difficult the game actually is yeah 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 there's some and there's some like really strong just random enemies around as well that, that like chunk my health real hard and i was like oh that's kind of cool like now i gotta really watch out for those guys mm. um, yeah yeah, yeah. No, yeah it's it's totally got that like dark souls learning the move sets and the spacing yeah. and yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's it's like one of those games that's easy to have fun with and hard to master yeah yeah cool but yeah i've been playing that a little bit on the train um and i think that's all i've really been playing a little bit of hunt here and there but the, the event is over so um, um yeah it's uh to wait until the next event comes along to really get my hunt grind on again I think. <laughs> yeah cool oh did you manage to pick up any dlc for dead cells no no i haven't done that yet should i do that while i'm playing or after i finish a certain point or oh i mean it's 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 up to you like the dlc adds biomes really early on and later on like it just you know it, it adds content for no matter where you are in the oh, game cool. really um, oh, that's awesome and it's it's there in um in a way that's kind of similar to dark souls in that it's yeah. just native to the world and yep. um you know once you've once you've bought it suddenly you might see the name of a biome that you are unfamiliar with yeah 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 sick i've come across two of them so far mm. and i was like you gotta have dlc to do this uh that's cool um speaking of dlc wah, wah, wah. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fucking doom so the dune Songs. Did you watch June? The uh, movie? The new no. One? Well, uh, I haven't okay. been able to get to the cinema for a really long time, but I'm oh, I'm yeah, keen yeah. on it. I'm keen on it. Yeah, yeah. It was it was cool. I liked it. It was it had some Hans hand Zimmer wailing in the June section. You know, they're like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. like they're doing the whole like desert thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sick. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, the topic this week is DLC. Hell yeah, it is. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to talk about DLC because we went over No Man's Sky last week and I was just mm. like, fuck, that is such a good story of, like, a game that came out that was half-baked, empty promises. Yeah. It was just not enough of a game. And then over the years, 
they've just added and added. And still, you mentioned last week that they recently added something new. Mm -hmm. And it's just incredible that they're continually adding more stuff. And now it's better than the game that they talked up initially. Um, yeah, yeah, it's more than the things that they had originally pitched. <laughs> exactly, and I, yeah. I, I loved that that was possible with DLC, but mm. I also loved that they have released all of it for free. Yes. Um, and I, I don't know if that's completely true for the, like, entire length of how long the game has been out, but ever since I bought it for, like, $20 a couple of years ago... Um, all the DLC is just being free to download, and that's just amazing. Yeah, I, as far as I know as well, all of the DLC has been free. As soon as you like boot up the game, it just automatically updates and gives you the latest version of the game, which includes all of the DLC. Mm. Um, I don't know how you access... This, this is kind of part of the topic, you know? It's like, say you haven't played No Man's Sky since it came out, mm. and you returned it or whatever, and you hear that it's really good, and you... Okay, you go pick it up again, you plug it into your PlayStation machine, off you go. It's like, well, how do you know what's new, you know? Like, that game, you know, like the Living Ships update doesn't come along until, like, 30 hours in or something until you're able to, like, have the resources to do that stuff. Or, like, you know, there's all sorts of things that that are in that in the different DLC packs that you, aren't, you may not even know about while you're playing them. You may not be aware that something's DLC or not, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's like all sorts we- of stuff. We've kind of touched on this before with FromSoft games where mm-hmm. they will create content like Kanehurst Castle in Bloodborne that is super obscure and hard to find and a lot of first-time players will miss it. And I feel like a lot of games have DLC like that um, mm. unless it's the kind of game where you you played it, beat it, and then you're actively waiting for the DLC to come out. Yeah. And yeah. and in that case, it's usually kind of, you know, like Witcher 3 had story DLC that was really, yes. really strong. Um, the Evil Within actually has fantastic DLC. Really? Oh, yeah, really good. Um, they, they had three... They had three story packs, and the first two you play as Kidman, who... Mm is like a junior detective that was in the back of the car at the start. Yeah. And yeah. you, um, there's like all new designs and you're actually playing in parallel with the main story. And right. the reason some of the weird shit happens in the main story is because Kidman's in the background pulling the strings and in right. the DLC, you get to do all that stuff. And it was, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. And again, just like so creative. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome to see when games that may not necessarily have had the DLC as... So like in, in the case of Evil Within, to me, that reads as they had that as part of the, the original core game. And then at a certain point in production, they had to say, this is not going to be feasible for us to include this in the game. We're cutting it. And then after the game released and the publisher has given them more money and the made money from sales or the success of the game or whatever, they've been like, okay, you know, we, we now have space and time in the production to be able to like add this in. Yeah. Be maybe not as intended. Whereas in the intended might've been, you play a little bit of main character, then you play a little bit of Kidman and then it go back to the main, you know, like maybe that was the intended original way to play the, the full game. But the way that it comes out is kind of unique now as a result. 
Yeah, it does. It does make you think because the full game is complete on its own. Like, totally. Yeah. It, it it doesn't feel like anything's missing, but yes. when you compare it to a game like um, Star Wars Battlefront, right, where mm. that that not the not the old ones, but like the new EA ones, um, mm. like that first Star Wars Battlefront came out with four maps, and no single player. And it feels crazy to me that that was a complete game for them. And then they started pumping out the DLC. Yeah. And, yeah. and honestly, I don't know specifically what the DLC was. I'm sure it was more maps and more weapons or whatever, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's weird how different studios, and I don't know if it's like the direction or the budget that plays this big part where mm. the, uh, you know, there's this, base game that that the developers think they have and Mm -hmm. the budget or or the way the project is tracking determines that things need to be cut some games like the evil within just feel complete and then some versus star wars battlefront that that feels like half a game or like you know it feels like it should be an early access yeah yeah, and I mean, it, it could be a bit of that as well, right? Like, it could have been, in the case of Evil Within, they might have had been playing the game, and maybe it wasn't, like, an issue with production or funds or anything. They were just like, oh, you know what? All of this content is actually too much for this particular mm. title, you know? Like, we're going to have yeah. to find a way to put it somewhere else, and then we're going to do it as DLC and polish it up and make it real nice, you know? Mm. Like, that might have been a, the, the better way to do it. But yeah, a lot of games, you know, Street Fighter, I think 5, when it came out, it had like a tiny roster and like a couple of maps and it was like what well, this isn't a full and complete game and the same with star wars battlefront or whatever it was like mm. they released these games with like basically uh, like a games as a service style roadmap mm-hmm. you know like they say oh we're going to release uh xyz characters xyz content over the this period of time and mm. uh you know keep playing and you'll get to uh you'll get to experience them eventually it's like oh not it sort of is a little bit um there's good some good good sides and bad sides with that you know it's like on one hand if you're really enjoying the content and you are like the base game that's there is is good and you like it then then the bonus content is like oh cool you know that's nice Mm. um but if there's not much there to begin with then you sort of hit this point where it's like oh man uh, there's actually not enough game here for me to engage with in the first place and so anything that comes down the pike later is like not worth it for me like i'm not I've already clocked out of this experience. Yeah, well, it's a it's a weird concept for marketing to get around as well because games have, like, a couple of release types now. Like, mm. you know, there's a, a, the initial release, like the standard game, and then there's DLC six months to 12 months later, and then yeah. maybe 18 months to two years after the standard game came out, there's, like, a complete <laughs> edition yeah, and, yeah, or game and, of the year edition or whatever. Exactly, and yeah. uh, like in the last five years, I've probably only bought maybe three games on release for this mm. reason because I like there's just no reason to pay full price for a game when two years later it's going to have a complete edition for like half the price. Yeah, and and unless it's something I'm really excited about, like you know, those three games would probably be Elden Ring, 
Hades, and then Sekiro. You know, it's it's basically like if it's a FromSoft game or a Supergiant game, I know I'm going to get everything that needs to be there to have a great time. Yeah. But, well, look, Supergiant did the same thing. They had like an early access thing where a, a lot of content and levels were not available to you at the start. Mm, and so, so so that's like different again, right? Where you've got yeah. early access. Yes. Um, and versus something like Star Wars Battlefront that probably should have been early access, but they decided to just release it. Yes. Yeah. So I was talking about this yesterday with uh, my the Orb friend, Jetto. Hello, Jetto. Um, <laughs> and she works where I used to work at uh, IP2 on Puzzle Quest 3. Oh, cool. And she also does community management for Gems of War, the other free-to-play title that that, game, that, that company works on. Cool. And um, so when Puzzle Quest 3 initially released in early access... They released it as a free-to-play game, obviously, but it was um, under the assumption that after early access was over, you'd be able to keep your character and any purchases that you'd made. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and on its face, that seems like quite a um, a good idea. You know, like you want to keep players that you've earned through uh, throughout the course of early access to stick around when the game goes live. And so, you know, there's all sorts of benefits to that, right? You have like the player base. The player base has, you know, a history in the game. They're able to onboard new players. There's all sorts of, like, exclusive gear and, you know, nice items that you can give them early on to, like, help entice them to come in. Right, yeah. Um, however, however, <laughs> <laughs> in, in free-to-play games like Puzzle Quest and I'm sure other games that, ha- that go into early access and have purchasable with real money items, mm-hmm. you end up with a real economy sh- um, problem where throughout the course of development, if you've had to, you know, shift the value of items and uh, and uh, currencies and introduce new things. And by the time you come out of early access and release into 1.0, all of the early access players are sort of these weird, out of shape, you know, mm. they're not the actual desired player by the mm. time that the game goes live. So the game that, that comes out is like really cool for new players to jump on mm-hmm. and play around with. And like the, the economy is perfect for them. But for all of these existing players who've been playing for like eight or nine months, they're, they're like, help us, you know, like we have, <laughs> we can't play the game anymore. It's broken for us because we're like, we're stuck in this like weird economy where like, you know, all the stuff that we've earned throughout early access no longer is valuable to us. And it's hard for us to earn that new stuff because we go back and we play those levels and they're like trivially easy. So it's not fun for us, you know, like there's all, mm. all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah, um, that's, that's so, yeah. really hard to manage because you're punishing people for being curious or loyal in the beginning yes it's yes it's it's very weird it's it's almost like i i know um firsthand what you're talking about because i did the same thing with the hearthstone beta like oh, right. way back in the day they you know their systems around dust and how much cards cost to craft and all that stuff was you know in beta it was changing every week and and they were getting their act together um, and I might be wrong, but I seem to remember the way they handled it in classic Blizzard fa- fashion. They, they were just like, if you do anything in beta, it doesn't count when we release it. Mm. <laughs> yep. I, I seem to remember you having to start fresh. Yes. E- even though I'm pretty sure you could spend money in the, in oh, the wow. beta to buy packs. Wow. Okay, that's super Blizzard. That's that's very Activision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, this happened in two thousand and fourteen or two thousand and thirteen. So yeah, I, the I Wild might, West. Uh, yeah, I. <laughs> it's like I I'm, I don't know if Steam had 
an early access thing going by then. But no, I don't uh, think they did. Yeah, they just right. been through Blizzard's launcher. Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's a really interesting thing as well, right? So the, they handled it probably slightly better because they said, okay, we're going to wipe at a certain point. You know, like, mm. is that what they were saying? Like, your, all your cards will be gone? Yeah. At a point? Yeah, from, yeah. From memory, I think that's what happened. And so they'd probably say to the players who'd spent real money, we're going to try and give you the equivalent of whatever resources that that, that, that money had, had bought at the time of launching the game. Perhaps that's, that might have been what they'd done. Right. And and that that's what I was kind of leading to. That would make the yeah. most sense, right? If, if yes. you, you have this, um, you know, this information for people first starting in early access or beta where it's just like, look, you can spend real money but we're still working out the economy. So when the game launches, you're going to get the equivalent of, of what you've spent or the equivalent of, of value for whatever items you currently have. And you'll just yep. be able to buy those items again in the new economy or you'll, you know, you'll just have some spending money. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very tricky currency, you know, like mm. I, I think the, the look the the main problem is that you need data to supply publishers or you know stakeholders that this game while in early access is or once it comes out of early access will be uh financially stable you know right. like you need to have those numbers coming out of, of the early access or the you know the beta period to be able to say like to the publishers or the stakeholders like okay look this game is actually making money um we know that when we go live with a larger player base we're going to just scale this number up basically and then you're going to have your predictions on how much money we're going to make out of this title over the next 12 months mm, um, right. however yeah. if you you know if you then wipe it's like oh well, what are the, what do you do with those players it's kind of a bit unethical i think to wipe if you've got um players who've spent money on digital items Dude. like dlc or cards or whatever it is that they, they, they no longer have access to yeah it is super unethical totally especially yeah. when one of the main things that draws people to hearthstone is the card collection at yeah. least at least it was um back then hearthstone has so many new modes now that are yeah. so much better than that standard gameplay stuff that they were they were messing with to begin with right yeah interesting um yeah so uh, there's a game called escape from tarkov which is technically still i think in early access they're still in development Oh yeah. Um, I might have told you about it before, but uh, yeah, yeah, we've we've talked about it on the on the pod. Yeah. Oh, sick. Um, so they have a way of doing that game that it's not a free to play game, um, but they have a way of monetizing it in such a way that I think is kind of cool. So, um, you when you buy the game, it's like a sixty dollar game, right? It's a full price game, right? Um, you have an option to buy like uh like I think they call it like Heart of Darkness edition or something like that. I can't remember some stupid name, but premium <laughs> yeah. version of the game where yeah. you get a um a special container that uh allows you to extract more items out of raids. Um so in that game when you leave a raid you have like it's called your Kappa case, I think. Mm -hmm. Um and there's like six slots or something in there of items that you can take out. Even if you die, you bring those items out of the raid with you. So it's like an insurance policy to be like, oh, I found this really cool item. I'll put it in my Kappa case. And then like, no, even if I do die in this raid, I still get to keep this dope item. Right. Um, I and see. so the premium one comes with a larger Kappa case. I think it's got like Gamma case or something. And it's got like 12 slots. So you can keep more items from raids. It's, it's just like an advantage of like, you know, you get to keep more things from raids. It's like an in-game thing that doesn't necessarily change how, you know, the game is balanced. It just change, changes like, 
you know, if you have the, enough thought while you're in a raid to like tuck an item into your case, then like you get to keep it and you get to keep more of it. And so that, the play experience changes. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know how I feel about that because it, <laughs> it changes the way you progress based on yeah. how much money you pay for the game. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I kind of hate that. I, yeah. I really, especially for a game like that, that has like an online competitive aspect. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important just to have people on the same playing field. And then if they have to monetize things after the release of the base $60 game, then it's cosmetic stuff or stuff that doesn't really impact your progression or your ability to kill other players or loot other players Mm -hmm. in a better way so yeah it it sort of does change how you play the game in a way but that the thing that that game does every i don't know how many months every four or five months i think it is they wipe so every thing that you've earned in the game all the guns everything except for your case that you bought with premium you know human dollars is Mm -hmm. gone really so that yeah the balance gets reset and they tweak numbers and they tweak values and it's, uh, it's yeah. quite an exercise because people play that game a lot. You know, they, they really like go out and get everything they can. Mm. They like finish all the quests, you know, like there's all sorts of stuff you do in that game. And then at a certain point it just wipes. And I would have thought that would have made people really resistant to wanting to play the game. <laughs> yeah. I'm it's, it's hard. Cause there are, there are a couple of games like that that have so many systems um, that balance changes effectively have to wipe people's progress to make sense. Like, yeah. because they're changing the way the items they have work, so- sometimes it's just not fair that there's an overpowered item that's really easy to get and they make a balance change to make it really hard to get and then all those players just get to keep that item. Like, that, yes. that wouldn't make sense either. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and depending on how, like, databases are built and, you know, how the ingrained, in, like, the architecture of the code is built, mm. perhaps taking that item from those players is not trivial. Mm, and it actually true. is, like, in some cases impossible. And so you end up with, like, a system where you've got, yeah, you, it's just imbalanced. Mm. Um, so the, I think the main reason that they wipe Tarkov is you have, oh, I might be wrong on this, but you have um, players who collect a lot of really high-powered gear Mm-hmm. And then towards, um, at a certain point, they know the wipe is coming. And this is wild to me. They know the wipe is coming. Uh-huh. And so they like outfit their characters with like the most powerful gear in the game and just go into servers and just like clean house. And so you, <laughs> you, you end up with this weird like rhythm or like a tide to the game where everyone is like getting up to speed for the first couple of months and like getting all the items and finishing all their quests. And then mm-hmm. you've got this sort of like, ideal play period where everyone's sort of not using all their best gear and they're still sort of playing fair i guess and raids are semi-interesting and then you've got like the chaos of the month before wipe where like (laughs) everyone's just like fuck it i don't care if i lose you know this 20 million dollar helmet i'm gonna take it into the raid and just never get shot in the head like yeah 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 it's it's right it's wild such a crazy weird game from that perspective i love it because (laughs) it gives the (laughs) game well it gives the game all this life yeah. Right? Because now every, like, there's this kind of beginning, middle, and end arc every four or five mm. months as the game mm. is brand new. And mm. Hearthstone, like, has a similar thing with its Battlegrounds mode, um, which is like an auto chess mode. 
Right. Um, wow. It's I I really got into it last year. Yeah. Um, and they they patch it pretty often. Um, and they against all odds, I think they probably made a mistake, but it's it's hugely free to play. Like there's mm. no nothing to collect. Um, there's you know sixty or eighty or you know there's a lot of heroes in the game. And none of them are behind paywalls or anything like that. Like it's, you just get offered up a bunch of heroes each time you start a game and it's random. Yeah. So like, yeah. I, I think Blizzard probably made a mistake because last I saw the data for Hearthstone, I think 50% of players were playing this mode and yeah. uh, you know, that that's likely millions and millions of people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what I was going to is that because they patch it pretty regularly like probably once um every two months maybe every three months on average there's a big patch that changes a lot of minion balance and hero balance and it's always exciting to play in that first week because no one knows what is good anymore yeah and and that's just like really exciting because i guess not quite the same but similar to tarkov by the end of the patch everyone knows what minion types to go for and what heroes are the best. And it kind of makes things a little bit stale, but that, Mm. that like constant updating keeps things alive and keeps things fresh. And I think that's like an interesting parallel to DLC where it's not, it's not quite, uh, you know, adding more story or, or more whatever, but it's just like, it's keeping the game alive, which, which DLC also can do. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really interesting, um, way to look at it, right? Like the, a game being alive implies that a game can die. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it, it can, it can. Have you heard of of this shitty new Square Enix game made by the, the Bayonetta people? No. What's it called? Oh, if you type in shitty Square Enix game, game made by platinum games it'll it'll pop up but like it's just a really crap online co-op full yep that's it (laughs) um and it only released less than a month ago and i think i saw a thing last week where it had eight active players on steam oh like and and for you know platinum games are hit and miss but their hits are pretty awesome like they did yeah. near automata and yeah you know they've 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 got some good shit going on in that studio um and yeah square enix published it and it's just i, I saw a james stephanie sterling video on it and mm. it looked atrocious it it looked so bad and yeah that game was barely alive before it died yeah yeah oh man it's um it's so sad to see, you know, <laughs> like there's, there's obviously reasons why this game has died the way that it has. Uh, I don't know what they are, but it's probably all to do with like the monetization and like the, the gameplay not actually being that good and all that sort of stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it, what, what is sad? Like games, games can die. I think we're all fine with, with crappy games dying, but when, <laughs> when you've got beautiful works of art, like Titanfall two, it's, mm. it's when they die due to, either lack of support from the publisher or maybe 
95% of the game is just super great, but some integral pieces missing, like maybe the net yeah. code isn't as good as it could be. And, yeah. and that's really what, what holds people back. Um, I think in the case of Titanfall 2, it, it happened to be a poorly timed release where, you know, they released it within a week of both Call of Duty and the new Battlefield oh, and, like, yeah. you know, a new multiplayer FPS isn't really going to stand a chance in that yeah. ecosystem at that time. Yeah. Yeah, there's always... You know, in the short time that I've been in games, there's this, it seems as though there's hardly ever a good window to release your video game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're always like, oh, when are we going to release this? So it's like, oh, oh man... Um, you know, Call of Duty comes out a week after or a week before. It's like, oh, fuck. Okay, what about next month? Uh, there's like a new blah, blah, blah game. You know, there's always some huge... It's like the Elden Ring comes out. Then it's like, oh, heck. <laughs> you know, like you can't release in a window leading up to or after of a certain title like Elden Ring. You know, people are hype about it. They're likely not going to buy a game before, like, or start a game before it comes out. Um, yeah. And then after the game comes out, they're obviously going to be playing it. So you can't really release in that window. So yeah, it's... it's a, <laughs> there's hardly ever a good time <laughs> to release... A game these days which is a good thing and a bad thing yeah did you see um tim rogers review the last of us and yes a while ago now though right he he breaks down when is is the best time to release a game specifically Mm. to win game of the year awards yeah yeah he looked at like the history of whenever everyone else had released yeah, yeah 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 um but yeah it it does seem really tricky and it's it's just like the the loyalty thing with with mm. video games that we've touched on before where people buy a call of duty when they're growing up and then for some reason they just buy a call of duty every year and yeah. you know the light of stars are dying in their eyes but they don't <laughs> notice and they just keep buying the same game and mm. it's just like not because like they're excited for it but just because they've done that every year and like, yeah, it's, it becomes it's a habit, a tradition. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a really, um, it's a really bizarre behavior pattern that I don't, I, I don't fully grasp, but I'm sure people who release, you know, like big publisher, multi-billion dollar conglomerates really have a firm understanding of and have reasons <laughs> to, you know, exactly when they release games and all that sort of that sort of stuff but yeah um uh, so we've sort of brushed on a couple of different things as we've been going you know there's like positive kinds of dlc like um story dlc you know left behind and um what was the example that you mentioned yeah and um the The within the the witcher three yeah witcher three which some are paid you know like witcher three hearts of stone and um the other one blood and wine oh dude Uh, (laughs) <laughs> when when paid. when heart of stone came out sorry to interrupt you but i just no, feel like I've, I've got to get this out when when hearts of stone came out i was so you know i was just i was like a pro gamer i played so many new games back in 2015 yeah. and and when that that dlc came out and it was that good i mm. remember just being like this is the most pristine piece of play- playable media on the planet. <laughs> I like, remember you saying this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just like, nothing, nothing is gonna be better than this for ages. Yeah. And it it yeah. reminded me of my my friend who um, saw Moonlight, um, the movie, which I still haven't seen, but I'm really excited for. 
Mm-hmm. And Moonlight won Best Picture at the Oscars that year. That was 2016. And I, w- I asked him, you know, what he thought of it. And he said, look, Moonlight was so good that it should win the Best Picture at the Oscars every year until a better <laughs> film is made. <laughs> and I was like, that's some hyperbolic bullshit. But that, that is exactly how I felt about Heart of Stone. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Heart, Heart of Stone was fantastic. It really was. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm so pumped for Tim Rogers' review of Witcher 3. I can't wait. Oh, is he, is he going to do it? Yeah, he's going to do Witcher 3. And he's going to do Dark Souls too. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah very I, pumped. I'm very pumped for him, like, because he, he just, you know, he goes through everything with a fine-tooth comb. There's yeah. so much broken shit in the first Dark Souls. I just, I'm yeah. looking forward to him calling it all out. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, it's it's one of my favorite games. But, man, that game has a lot of whack-ass stuff going on that is unfinished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, the, so yeah, like I was saying, there's um, there's those kind of story DLCs, and then there's games that have like, um, specific story point DLCs, or like game like um Dead Cells, where like you play through the game and then you can't like find the DLC, like No Man's Sky. Yeah, um, Hollow may not Knight. even be apparent that it is Hollow Knight. Yeah, mm-hmm. I should do that. Um, yeah and then there's also like games as a service or games that release unfinished and have uh like their full price games maybe there's a distinction to be made so like full price games that release with not all of the content and then have a content roadmap which is often there's paid parts of that as well you know they release paid characters or skins or whatever Hmm. so it's like super predatory and weird that they release it as a full price game and then there's games as a service which is typically free to play games that have paid uh, either pay to win or pay to play or um, pay for cosmetics or whatever it is, you know, some mix mix and match version of, of those versions of DLC. Yeah, and and you've also got the games that started out as one and ended in the other. Like, oh, yeah. Like uh, Evolve. Evolve mm. was like... Uh, I'm so sad for Evolve. A, <laughs> a, it, you know, full, fully priced game with yeah. this roadmap of paid DLC... And then it just, you know, had this, well, I was going to say fall from grace, but I think it, it had never to... Never was it grace. Exactly. <laughs> it was never blessed to begin with. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and then they just were like, it's free to play now. And, yeah. And... Oh, I can take it out back and put the shotgun <laughs> right between its eyes. You know, it's free to play now, guys. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. What was that? Um, There was like an Overwatch competitor that came out around this almost the exact same time oh like yeah blood something but battle 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 feet no uh, battleborn battle battleborn battle yeah born? i think you're right battleborn yeah yeah battleborn yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> i know the game you're talking about anyway yeah yeah i can see like the front cover there was like a dude with a big hat um yeah, and that game had a similar kind of thing you know it was like oh you know it's like a price pointed game there's gonna be some here's a roadmap and then overwatch happened to it you know like the blizzard did their thing mm-hmm. and um at a certain point they were like yeah it's free to play now <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like yeah it's uh so servers are gone sorry guys you know like it just oh god it's, yeah. it's very very sad and yeah i i i've um spoken with devs and heard chats with devs um that, that have worked on evolve mm-hmm. and uh yeah for the most part they all knew what was happening you know they they were oh, really? inside the submarine as it was 
shooting itself in the face like right yeah. right um so they could they could see the like the content plan and just be like oh this is not like there's not enough here <laughs> <laughs> oh shit yeah, yeah god that that feeling of sitting on a sinking ship yeah and you yep. just poured the last three years into it yeah so which is weird because i had that on when i was working on that mobile game agree as well like oh, yeah. everyone kind of just knew i mean the, the towards the end it sort of came together a little bit which was so strange because that was the point that it got cancelled when it finally looked like it was going to be a game oh dude like, that was that was so sad yeah yeah it was a time um, anyway, sorry to cut you off. What were you saying? Uh, I, I wanted to ask what you think the deal is with free DLC being more common with indie games. So Hollow Knight, Slay the Spire, like all these games have DLC that they've just slotted in after release. And sometimes, you know, for Slay the Spire, they added uh, the Watcher, I think it's called, that fourth mm -hmm. playable character. And that's... Right. That's a whole other character with a whole new set of cards and all this balancing to do. And they just, they did it for free. Yeah, um, right. And like with Hollow Knight, there's, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but like it's this circus DLC where like this circus of bugs come to town and there's like heaps of new bugs and new bosses and new music and it was just free. They didn't ask yeah. any money for it. Like if you bought the game after the DLC, then it was there. And if you bought it before, it was a free download. And yeah. it's just weird to me that DLC like this is of such a high quality and they're not charging for it. Like, do you know why that might be? I don't know for sure. Um, but while you were speaking, then I kind of first principled my way to some kind of conclusion. <laughs> All right, um, let's hear it. <laughs> so... Typically, with AAA development, the um, development cycles are extremely expensive. So, you know, you've got these huge teams of people and executives and, and you know, higher-ups that are taking these massive salaries and um, right. the game needs to be extremely profitable before it turns any kind of, you know, um, any kind of benefit for the people publishing it. <laughs> and, um, and the whole point of that cycle being so awful is that you end up with um, sequels and um, franchises, you know, you end up with like right. a Call of Duty franchise and that it becomes, you know, the only way they're able to turn a profit is to like, you know, put their hooks into the children and hope that the sequels ride them into the sunset and their retirement funds. Like that's that's kind of the, the goal, right? right? And so the DLCs end up being paid because it's another way to milk money from an existing property out of the player. Mm -hmm. um, and the the loyalty there is like another, you know, sort of um, hook in the in the know what to call it in the machine mm -hmm. um however with indie teams development cycles tend to be a lot less expensive for publishers or indie teams that have publishers i guess i, I can't speak for um hollow knight uh i can't remember if we found out if they have a publisher or not but i think they have some funding someone helping pay their salary i don't know can't remember yeah i um, i did find out by the way that oh, they, yeah. they they sold millions of copies so like okay it didn't so they have some money yeah, yeah, they they sold like three million plus by twenty twenty. Okay. okay. Um, either way, um, if if they sold a lot or they have a publisher, you know, paying their rent, um, the development costs uh, are, are so low in comparison mm. that you actually probably end up making more as a publisher um, on free DLC because it it 
brings in new players to the game so you get that initial buy-in again right. and there's just there's just no overhead you know you just get to keep paying the team of indies to keep making stuff for the game that's already successful you know like right i see it's not it, it doesn't cost much right no, so so it's comparison. it's really just a privileged thing then that these games did well enough when they initially came out without it i suppose that goes for just about any property like it did well enough and then that's opened up the scope so they can be like, yeah, rather than develop something new or something else um, or a yep. sequel, we're actually just going to develop on top of what we've already done. Yep. Yeah. Right. And I, I think just because indie, like you pointed out, why is it indies? I think for money, you know, like the, mm. the size of the teams and, you know, you don't have to pay. Like imagine it, you know, like you're a publisher and you're paying um, the office rent for this, you know, downtown LA place for a AAA studio. It's going to be squillions of dollars, you know, plus yeah. on top of salaries and all sorts of overheads. Whereas yeah. if you've got an indie studio, like the one that I work at, which is like, you know, 12 people or something like that in this little office in the CBD, it's like, or potentially elsewhere, you know, it doesn't have to be central. Like mm-hmm. There's all sorts of people who work remote now for for uh, indie teams um and so just yeah the costs are just exponentially lower mm. <laughs> so yeah you could just be like yeah just keep making it you know like we, <laughs> we, we'll keep supporting you just do it do this dlc and you know you guys had fun making that game so keep, keep doing what you're doing and we'll keep paying you you know like the, the money will just keep rolling in right right yeah oh well um, uh i'm very glad for your experience that was a great answer yeah, I think that, again that just based off first principles. Like, I I don't really actually know. Yeah, probably yeah. Some other, you know, if we were to interview someone who had worked on a DLC in a higher up position, or a publisher, even someone who like made a deal with a studio to make DLC, they would surely have incredible insights to answer that question. That's just what I what you guess. Yeah. So before we jump into Joe's good news, what what's been your favorite DLC? Oh. <laughs> I love this is like thing that happens at the end of these episodes where you like ask me a question that's probably on the list that I just missed <laughs> and it blindsides me every time. Uh, my favorite DLC. Oh, I forgot to mention I I got the horse armor as a kid. Like I was one of those people that bought horse armor from Skyrim. Not Skyrim. Yeah, Skyrim. No. <laughs> Oblivion. Oblivion. Yeah. Right right yeah so that yeah, was such right. a waste of money it was like 12 dollars or whatever it was just a cosmetic item for your horse it did nothing it <laughs> yeah well we 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 didn't really spend much time going into like how dlc started and like the first mm. the first kind of dlc but i imagine it would be some shit like the sims i remember the sims yeah. just making bank on like clothing dlc pet dlc kitchen appliance dlc like yeah oh my god they just had so much superfluous shit that they would throw onto those games (laughs) i wonder how well the sims did for ea you know like what what the what the numbers are because surely it's bonkers oh it's gotta be bonkers like yeah yeah I, i i remember like the sims 2 was just on every computer i ever used yeah. in that yeah. era <laughs> just crazy to think about yeah you know? yeah um so yeah favorite dlc um i mean which is pretty hard to go past the hearts of stone you know i think that's that's right up there yeah um i did really like left behind i thought that was a really nice you know like they actually evolved the combat a little bit in left behind and played mm-hmm. with some ideas that they didn't play with in the original mm, yep um let me just do a quick google for the 
DLC. And while I do, what about you? What's your favorite DLC? Oh man, I I think it's got to be Dark Souls three, um, mm. and shout out to the Bloodborne DLC. That is exceptionally oh, good, is good yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but the Dark Souls three DLC, it was just kind of also the way they introduced it. Like, the DLC in FromSoft games can be a bit weird. Like, finding the DLC in the first Dark Souls without you knowing exactly what to do may not happen. Like, I, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have found it without looking up how to access it. And that, yeah. that is interesting, but it's also kind of whack. Um, whereas in Dark Souls 3, it's incredibly hard to miss. And the when you beat the first part of the DLC, the second part is it just follows on. It's not like Man. in a completely different area, which is something that, you know, they've done in the past. Yeah. And like the boss fights and the environments, like it's just man, it's just some of the best from soft stuff money has to buy. It's so so good. Did you play I uh, I remember you playing, but I didn't realize it was part of the BioShock Infinite DLC, but you go oh. back to Rapture as Elizabeth. Yeah, that's yeah. great DLC. Yeah, cool. I'm yeah. just looking at a list of like top 20 DLCs from video games. And a lot of these, I, I don't know. Fallout New Vegas, I feel like we're remiss to not mention it, even though I haven't played it. Apparently yeah, it's quite I, good. I haven't played it either. Yeah. Um, you got Bloodborne on here, Borderlands 2, uh, Oblivion. Yeah, there's uh, Witcher. I don't know. Yeah, I think um, in general, I'm, I'm the, like the best DLC is like big fat swathes of content <laughs> you know like the the witcher 3 or FromSoft games like yeah i really appreciate the the indie stuff and like the dead cells dlc is really really good but mm. man when when a game adds like new story and it's it's basically like a whole nother game but you already have played that game and it's just more of what you love and so yeah. i think i think that's what i'm about yeah from from like a developer perspective, the idea of finishing a game and then not being aware of, but being told later on that there's like you've got to keep working on it is terrifying to me. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, because like once I'm once you you know as development wears on, you sort of hit this point that's like about two years in or like a year approximately, depending on what kind of project it is, where you're like, I'm so done with this fucking thing. You know, like mm. you're ready to move on with your life. Yeah. And then yeah. like, I can imagine releasing, which, uh, you know, I've done before and you're like, oh, it's such a relief. You know, I don't have to do this anymore, really. Mm. Um, and then it comes back around again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like the people want more. And you're just like, oh no, not more. <laughs> uh, you're never really free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a bit scary. But look, if it's a if it was a fun game to work on, and the you know the content is good, and you just get to keep working on it, then that's that sounds like fun. But I just yeah, I can imagine just being so burnt out on a title, <laughs> going back around for another run, just, sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Cool, man. Are you ready for some fast news? I'm ready for some fast news. And I've, if um, unless you've got it in there, I've also got a cute update to one of the, the pieces of news from last week. Oh, hell yeah. Hit me with that one first. All right. Um, so, you know, uh, our good friend, Let Me Solo Her. Yes. Uh, so that person has been out there slapping Melania to death over and over again. Mm -hmm. Mm. Uh, there's a, a new challenger has entered the ring and, and this person is called let her solo me. 
and <laughs> they dress in exactly the same way and they enter the boss arena and gesture for the, the host to sit down and then they just go and get destroyed by her. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Amazing. Truly. Yeah. <laughs> just every iteration of madness possible this game brings out in people. I, I'm so uh, in awe of, of this community. Uh, yeah, love that. Anyway, sorry, let's let's hear the, the real stuff. <laughs> I love as well that it, it could be like misread. You know, it's like, oh, I finally got that guy. Oh, and, I, and then you like look closer and you're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's exactly what's going yeah. on. Like I would, yeah. I would 100% do that. Just having, yeah. having known about Let Me Solo Her, I'd almost just see the naked person with the pot and be like, yeah. oh, yeah. oh my God, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's very good. Um, so the news is pretty threadbare this week. I was looking around during the week for things to save as news and nothing was really coming up. Right. Okay. Um, there is one piece of news, which is related to what we were talking about at the end of the last episode. And then that is Netflix animation department has taken, uh, quite a hit amid a share price plummet. Oh, so yeah, they've had to shutter, um, and close down several projects at Netflix animation um some of which were quite high profile there was like a roll Ro dial tv show or movie that was animated and, and looked quite interesting and really a couple of others and yeah so they've, they've let go like executives from that part of the department that, that you know obviously means that the show those shows are closing or they're moving those stuff around no shit um, so yeah there's been quite a quite a hit and i think it comes um amid um share price uh no it wasn't just the share price it was the the new figures that the subscribers were dropping quite substantially for the first time since netflix's inception and so right. yes i think unfortunately animation as always seems to be the first to go <laughs> yeah oh uh, man that shame. that sucks and it's it's come year after year netflix has just had obscene budgets for their overall development of new content like, yes. I remember a couple of years ago, like in, I want to say 2018 or 2019, like their budget for new content was $7 billion. Like it wow. was, it was huge. And now when I, when I trawl through all of the, the new content they put on there, like the Netflix symbol is on so many of them, you know, yeah. like they, I, I feel like they they are producing a lot, but yeah, that's, that's crazy that like a whole subset of their content creation is is taking a dive. There's um this tweet that I saved. Um, oh, I took a screenshot of by at at Nail Head Party who says maybe Netflix is losing money because it was sold to us as a replacement for Blockbuster, but really it's the equivalent of going to Blockbuster and they don't actually have any movies to rent. But you can watch the Blockbuster staff acting in a play they've written if you like. <laughs> <laughs> Savage yeah and i was like yeah you know what like like you just said there's so many on there that have like the netflix symbol mm. <laughs> and i was like yeah all of this stuff is uh produced in-house and um anyway not in-house but whatever yeah so that that's part one of the news and now i'm fumbling because i can't remember what i made for part two of news oh new guys came out uh yesterday i think oh not new guys sorry uh bad guys which bad, is um bad guys yeah, an, anim an animated film. This is this week isn't video game news. It's all animation-related news. Yeah, Welcome I'm, to Joe's Animation Podcast. <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, bad Guys. It was, Tell me about yeah. Bad Guys. So it is a beautifully animated-looking movie by Sony Pictures, I believe. Oh, um, okay. 
and it is it has a, a really cool style that looks sort of more 2D-ish. Um, I'll try and put a picture or something in the podcast description if you want to go check it out. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's based on a book by the dude who did Captain Underpants. What's his name? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I remember the cover Shorts. for that movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's all I've got for quick news this week. Only two pieces of animation news. <laughs> 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 Not much, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Unless we want to talk about like, you know, indie games or like games that are coming out on, on platforms, which, you know, I don't, I don't really count that as news. It's just like uh, stuff is stuff's coming out. That's, that's normal. Yeah. Oh, well, I, you know, I, I get to um, eat my own words here. There is a game coming out next week mm-hmm. that, that I've been waiting for. Um, Rogue Lords is finally coming out on the Switch. Um, Rogue Lords. Rogue Lords. And it's just, uh, it's... Uh, God, it's kind of like Slay the Spire meets Divinity meets, um, oh, that game that was excruciatingly hard, but it had a great atmosphere, uh, indie game. It was about... Oh, uh, Darkest Dungeon? Darkest Dungeon, yeah. It's it's like uh, Slay the Spire meets Darkest Dungeon. Yeah, cool. Um, it looks like something you would enjoy. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's just got artifacts and skills and that's all deck. that's all yeah. i need and a deck <laughs> yeah give this man a deck and he will play for hours <laughs> yeah um there actually is i think another piece of news that i forgot blizzard uh diablo they released a mobile diablo game what uh, aren't they aren't they supposed to be busy working on diablo 4 <laughs> diablo 4 gets a new update um, yeah, Blizzard 2, uh, sorry, Diablo 2 Resurrected, no, that's not it. I can't even find the bloody name of it. Look how professional this new segment is. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I saw this morning that, the, that they were releasing a mobile game version of right. Diablo, and it just reminded me of playing Diablo with uh, you and Nina and um, Phoebe and everyone, like, that was, a, that was a good time. Yeah, yeah, Diablo 3 times were really good, um, yeah. although... I don't know if I was just completely oblivious the first time I played through that game, but I tried replaying it a, a couple of years ago and mm. the consequences for dying are shit. Like, Oh yeah. You don't lose anything, right? That, you lose some gold. You, oh, I don't, I can't, you might lose a bit of gold, but you lose, uh, armor durability. Oh. And, and I was, I was like, are you serious? Like this game yeah. has no stakes now. And like, yeah. I just immediately stopped playing and I don't know why I didn't realize that before then, but yeah, I thought yeah. that was very I mean, strange. When, when we were playing that game, wasn't about living or dying, you know, it was just like finding <laughs> the next cool piece of gear that scaled well. Like that was the that's, fun part. That's true. That's true. It was yeah. fun regardless. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it, man. That's, uh, that's all I got for you. That's it, baby. All right. Well, I hope everyone has a really good weekend and we'll catch you next time. It's almost the weekend. Yeah, put a bow on it. <laughs> Bye. Bye.